welcome, dear friends. Welcome to another episode of Fishing Without Bait. We're looking for individuals who are looking to create themselves rather than find themselves, to look at life and reality from another perspective and view life as an epic adventure. There's no admittance fee required, only the honesty, open-mindedness, and a willingness to try. Join our conversation and get acquainted with an eclectic roster of guests. Expect the unexpected and get an assist into exploding into your life with full impact mindfulness. Greetings again. I'm Jim Ellermeyer. I'm a behavioral health therapist, joined today by my uh, good friend, producer, and co-host of this program, Mr. Mike. Mr. Mike Wave is waving at everybody. So, And today, as promised, uh, we rejoin our conversation with uh, Miss Liz Victory and Mr. Chris Mohan, the social vigilante. For those of you who uh, may be wondering who they are, perhaps you could go through some past episodes. Through uh, some serendipity and synchronicity, I became acquainted with Liz, and then this program uh turned her on to the world would I hope there's more many more people who have open ears and open eyes to do that and in following that then we got to introduce to uh, Mr. Chris Mohan the social vigilante an incredibly witty well-spoken young man who has a profound sense of social social justice and is an extremely well-spoken individual welcome to the show thank you thank Thanks. you Mrs. Bliss Victory. <laughs> oh, I knew you. I, I felt that that's what was going to happen. <laughs> I felt that that was going to be the first thing you were going to say. <laughs> you know me. So what that tells us that you something occurred in the past. Yeah, we just got married. <laughs> yeah. So tell us about that. I I was happened to be there. However, I wanted to hear yeah. your version of it. I'm kind of, I'm kind of bummed out that I feel like it was like the best day of my life. <laughs> I bummed out because I just I don't know I'm not I'm not a romantic type so for a wedding to be the best day it should really just it should be an album release or something work related really I would be more proud of that it was the best day of my life it kind of still was a show <laughs> it was it was really cool you played a song as your vows mm -hmm. and then we had a bunch of our performers performer friends that we conned into playing as part of our ceremony so. That was kind of like producing a show. Yeah, I like that aspect. At the end of it, you know, now the government knows I exist in tandem to you. Kind of. We haven't gotten all the paperwork filled out yet. Well, you know. Yeah, there's a bunch of it. It's close enough for government work, is it not? I mean, we just kind of dance through the raindrops and we we just proceed. I mean, they were shut down for a while and we don't want to bother them. We flow and proceed through life. So... Referring back to our last episode, the last chapter of this book, many more I hope to be written, uh, Mrs. Liz Victory uh, <laughs> performed some uh, wonderful songs for us, uh, particularly she was kind enough to perform Kodachrome Heart from uh, the audience upon my request a number of weeks ago. And uh, you were embarking on your Tour, you were going across the United States. You were hoping to uh, get a lot of exposure for your uh, wonderful voice. And Mr. Krish uh, was going, has tours the United States and with his special brand of uh, political comedy satire uh, with, a, with, a, with a sharp point. Yeah. Is what I would call it. That's, that's so, a very nice way of putting that. <laughs> so 
let's let's get a little update. Let's get a little update on you, on you, Liz. Oh well, we went cross country together on the transcontinental tour. We've done that twice now, mm-hmm. uh, so that's something that we want really want to do uh, probably every two years or so. Um, although I'm skipping way ahead, uh, we have plans to move to New York City in 2020. So that's actually the year that we would have planned the next transcontinental tour. Uh, but we will probably not be doing that in the same year um, as moving to New York City <laughs> because 2018 was um, kind of moving into a new place at the very end of 2017. Yeah. We just moved um, in January of 2018. And then I recorded my album, Calca Shows, and then I released my album in April. And then in May, we went on the cross country tour. We got back in September. We got married in October. And then we um, went back on, we, we did some shows in California, which was kind of like a pretty much just very concentrated four days of doing stuff and then flew back and then drove back to Pittsburgh. So it was like this pretty much nonstop thing. For- so I have a hunch that one just doesn't wake up in the morning and say, I think we'll go on a transcontinental tour and leave that afternoon. No. So tell <laughs> us a little bit about preparing the logistics. Tell us a little bit about that. Uh, it's a lot of planning, and uh, over the course of the last eight years, I've been touring around a bunch, and Liz has toured around a bunch, and uh, so we we've made some contacts across the country, um, and it's like people like that used to live in Pittsburgh have moved elsewhere, and they're able to help us out. But it's, I mean, a majority of it is routing. You have I was going to gonna say that too. Yeah, yeah that's, from which city to which city, how many hours yeah. between those cities, and, and how I much love gas it. is going to be used. You to. love. I love planning. I love maps, and I yeah. love figuring out distances, and I've I've loved that since I was a kid. I always thought you had a calculating mind, Liz. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and that's sort of the hardest part of it is like, how do you how do you navigate throughout? You know, because there's so many different options once you get to certain cities. They're like little hub cities mm. in each tour. Um, then it's like, well, where do I go? If I go north, I can basically do 12 more days. But well, what if I go west? I can do another 13 days. But then where am I going after that? So you, so we kind of evaluated like what the best course of action would be. Because um, we, we did the Car- Carolinas in... 2017 that was so much fun that was the tour that i just didn't want to end it was like two weeks and i wasn't uh wasn't tired or bored by the end of it but i think with the the two really big transcontinental tours we figured out that one month is too short of a time to go all the way to the west coast and come back to the east coast and once i once we went past month three all of month four, I was just exhausted. I remember so, reading some of your blogs about your previous trips. Yeah, three months is cool. I and I've done months four cool. months on the road before, too. But also at the end of that four months, I was like delusional. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean that very literally. Like I was looking at a map and I couldn't figure out how to get to my hotel from the Denny's. And then I ate food and realized it was literally from point A to point B on the same road. To get to the hotel, so you develop some dentist. clarity. So, <laughs> what what you were talking about here is that some people see a problem and they don't have the ability or the guidance to break it down into parts. 
Okay. Yeah. And that's sort of the same way that you plan a tour is like once we figured out the routing, then it makes everything so much simpler because then it's like, oh, we know we know this person here. We know this person here. Actually, that same person can help us in the next four spots because they have all these connections, too. And so you, you know kind which of put, dates to ask for. Yeah. And then it's just a matter of sending out the emails, which is also a daunting task in and of itself, because it's literally like I would I would say about what a quarter of the cities we had never been to if not more so we had to like figure out what are the venues that are going to be conducive to what we're doing which really the best venues for for what we were doing which is like a music and comedy show with sometimes with spoken word storytelling and poetry involved is like listening room environments where you sit down and you're there specifically for the show rather than just like a random bar that happens to have a stage in the back and it's like the townies show up and they're like, Oh, I guess that's happening, you know? And sometimes like those are the gigs that'll make you the most money. Hmm. Uh, but they are the least fun shows to do (laughs) because they are just exhausting by the end of it. Um, because you're fighting, you're fighting the people that are, so, you know, you're fighting the people that are there to drink and you're, and you want the people that are there to watch the show to have fun and you don't, and it's more exhausting trying to like maintain that balance while you're, when you're on stage. So you're talking about maintaining balance and you're talking about at it's just like between relatives and friends. You can mm-hmm. pick your friends however you can't pick your relatives. So when you're appearing in some venues, you can't pick you can't really it's yeah, spin it the wheel who's going to be right. there. Yeah, there were a couple places like that where we were like, man, this is going to be rough (laughs) Uh and then and then it is by the end of it we're just so tired you know and we just want to like go to bed well i'd like to yeah i'd like to explore that a little further and on list when you were talking about oh my gosh you know this the lines on the roads just look like dots everything is just spinning around because you're so tired there's a there's a thought in the 12-step world that you can't read the label when you're inside the bottle okay so sometimes when we're inside of all that maelstrom of all that activity and thoughts and chatter, we can't read the label, okay? So if we have the ability to step back and look at, then we can read the label, and that's kind of what you did when you sound like you got something to eat. Yeah, food is a big thing because I'm hypoglycemic, so that really messes with my uh, perception of reality. But I think it's important, too, to point out that what we do, uh, DIY, touring, and production um, is not normal. It, it's yeah. not the normal course of events. Uh, for example, we were just watching a reality show about conspiracies in the music <laughs> world, and they're talking about how the Sex Pistols wrote a song with their manager. And I'm thinking, what the fuck is that? Like, really? Your manager helped yeah. you write this song? Like, I'm I've worked with bands and their managers. Okay. And I'm not a huge fan of that world. And I've been in it myself and I've worked with little labels and I've worked with big magazines and they generally tend to be the most soul sucking of industry jobs. Like the higher you go up, which kind of makes sense. But we do our own booking, which is not super normal. We do our own promotion. We do the research for the venues. Uh, We had someone who said, you don't have a driver, which 
you know, who said, really? who said we don't have a driver? San Diego. Oh, oh, yeah, that was that was a we worked with someone who had a manager. Very weird situation. She was confused and she was like, they drive themselves. Like and they were it was like, this big yeah. thing. Yeah, he was kind of fascinated. Uh, the the manager specifically was kind of fascinated with like the fact that we were pulling it off by ourselves. I mean. A lot of people are. A lot of people are like, you guys do all of this stuff. Like, when do you have time to? And it's like, yeah, we don't have a hundred percent of don't our have time, time. <laughs> to to like, you know, as much as Liz would like to play guitar for eight hours of the day, I would like to sit and read whatever, like books or article articles or whatever, and then create content out of like the information that I learned. That's that's sort of like what what I like doing. I would love to do that for eight hours a day, but that that would pretty much mean that I could curate a really good show that I'm very proud of, and four people across the country have seen it. Well, what I always appreciated about you both was that you have a beginner's mind, like we always talk about, mm -hmm. and lead uh, not an completely unstructured life. You don't walk through aimlessly through life. However, <laughs> uh, you just kind of aim. Okay. And, yeah. and go that way. And what to, what I'm hearing you say is when you have a manager, you have all those constructions and constraints around you, you're kind of put into a box and sometimes told what to do and maybe, maybe, maybe stifles a little, a little creativity. I would think, so. I would say, I, I say so, yeah, because I think, you know, the manager wants to get paid too at the end of the day, you know, and if what we're doing in our DIY world is like, let's just hypothetically throw a number out that's easy for everybody to understand. At the end of the month, we made $1,000, and the manager's cut is 10% of that. Well, I feel great. like 20 is more normal. Okay, So 20. that's $200. That's 200 bucks Out of the 1000 that's, that's nothing. I mean, that, like, okay, great. You were able to buy some groceries if, yeah, you, if he's you're not a making family man. A, a living off of being my manager yeah so what's the point right so so they are going to go out and try to get the bigger fish but the bigger fish is you know for for comedy is comedy clubs right like big name comedy clubs we're talking improv funny yes. bone that sort of stuff not something like uh burning bridges comedy club which is a great little independent comedy room in pittsburgh now right and it's the same thing with list would be like it wouldn't be ham bones or smalls but it would be like the big arena. And if she's doing protest songs, and if I'm on stage criticizing capitalism, uh, you know, I, ideally through jokes, that's not going to fly <laughs> because guess what doesn't sell chicken tenders? Protest songs and criticizing capitalism. Well, I'm thinking you back know? to that uh, scene in Bohemian Rhapsody. I don't know if you saw it or not. When I haven't seen they movie. they wanted to make the Bohemian Rhapsody song yeah. too long, too long. The guy said it yeah. has to be three minutes, and just pounded them. And they they basically said, "Screw yourself." We left, and they left. Yeah, that's Chris's hour of comedy right now. Yeah, it's. I keep yelling at him like, "Why didn't you cut it down? Why didn't you cut it? Why didn't you cut it down?" Because I don't give a shit. I have a lot to say, and I'm going to say it. Who's controlling well, it? Well, that's told that's, me that's that three what, times now. That's what uh, <laughs> that's that's basically it? what uh, Queen did. Yeah, it's like Aww, I'm controlling what job. I'm doing. And when they and when they walked out, and when they walked out, they said they told that record executive, "You're going to be the guy who's known that you turned down Queen." Mm. And I remember specifically at the end when they were playing in Live Aid, they showed this guy sitting at his desk 
with Freddie Mercury <laughs> and the band playing in front of these gazillions of people. Yeah, and that's a great song. In, in, like... Indeed it is. Please check out our website at fishingwithoutbait.com where you can listen to the show, comment on our discussions, and find out where you can subscribe to our podcast. If you're interested in flying the colors of Fishing Without Bait, click the shop icon on our website. We have clothing, mugs, cell phone cases, and so much more. Show the world that you fish without bait. This show is a member of the Sorgatron Media Podcast Network. Find out more at sorgatronmedia.com.